All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast for Thursday, January 23rd. I'm Doug Norrie, and that is James Davis. And we are rolling through a three-game slate of Thursday basketball. So it's a shorter slate, but I guess we've got plenty of other stuff to talk about. Um, and we're going to get to our sponsors, Simply Safe and The Athletic, soon enough. So don't you if you if you get turned in just for the, uh, the sponsors, don't worry about that. We'll be getting to those as soon as possible. But before that, dude, Zion Fever, do you have it? You texted me this morning, a god or the god? Question mark. And it, I had and I and I had to think about it for a second because also you know it's a, you know it's a good day in sports when I get the text from you. It's just a YouTube link, no context, and I know exactly what it is before. <laughs> You were like, watch this before the pod. I was like, I already know what it is. It's got to be Zion's fourth quarter. <laughs> That's right. That's it. That's it, buddy. That, he kind of comes out a little bit slow in his first, and it's obviously the much-anticipated uh, debut of Zion Williamson. And actually, it was funny. I was watching, there's a great tweet out there that, that's used now for celebratory purposes. It's the, it's the Pelicans front office brass, like the, not probably the GM and those guys, but like everyone else sitting around the conference room. The moment that they get Zion, they find out they're going to get Zion Williamson in the draft, and they just go <laughs> absolutely. I showed it to my wife yesterday. I tried to have her guess what it was a video of because there's all these people in suits and like you know just like dressed pretty well, like, like sort of like Wall Street dress, and then they're just absolutely going bananas, like throwing themselves on the table, just hugging each other. I tried to have her guess what it was for. I said this is because they found out they were going to get one player, and this guy's making his debut tonight. So did it, did that also contain the Alvin Gentry reaction in the draft room? That's my favorite. No, video no, this was like draft. this wasn't the draft room. This was like in their corporate office, like back home. Like this was like all the underlings, right? It wasn't Gentry or um, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, David Griffin. The uh, it was like it was all the other like you know the interns and like you know the head of marketing. But have, you, have you seen the Alvin Gentry one though? I know he whooped it, and he apologized, oh, and he well, apologized he, later, right? Like I, I know he apologized for whatever he did later. <laughs> but also like, so the draft. It's like one of the most hilarious things because like normally when you experience a big moment in your life. Like there are people around you that you can sort of celebrate with. Sure. So he like he's like the New Orleans Pelicans, and he's like booyah, and he like gets up <laughs> and he's like trying to do like dap people all around him and like give them like the bro hugs and stuff like That's that. Great. Like everyone around him is just so mad. Yeah, devastated. They're like how can we be happy for you? Like, you just, That's true. You just got so stupidly lucky. Like you're the luckiest guy in this room. We all hate your guts, and he's just like right. Am I right? This is so good. Good things happen to good people. Am I right, Tony? All right. Anyway, I knew that. So, so Zion comes out and just has an absolute like borderline transcendent fourth quarter last night where they were trying to get oh, yeah. take him out of the game. Yeah, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the highlights or we're watching the game itself because um, it really kind of was appointment television. And he didn't he didn't disappoint. He hit three or four three pointers, have just looked amazingly quick on his fast twitch muscles in the lane. Everything you'd really hope for, forced it so that Gentry could not take him out of the game uh, because they were planning on taking him out after he hit the second three-pointer because they just they, they, his minutes limit was up, but they just couldn't because they couldn't get a stop. And, then so, and so they had Melly come out, and then Melly went back to the bench. Anyway, awesome debut for Zion. Excited to see what comes. You're going to probably still bring him along slowly. Um, obviously, with the minutes, it's going to be hard to trust him from a DFS perspective. I think for a long time. I don't, I don't think we're going to see him get up to 25 minutes really anytime soon. I don't think that's going to be the plan. But um, any other thoughts about the Zion thing? I mean, we talked a little bit about a shot. A shot looks no, it's so awesome. Yeah. It reminds you of, of how, what, like, what's cool about sports. Like, this is all I'm really looking for is the new guy to come up, to be incredible, to give some, breathe some excitement back into the league. It's been a pretty uninspiring rookie class outside of like John Morant basically this year. And Zion, and you know, fringe guys, like getting good value on the 21st pick or whatever. That's all well and good. But just to see like new superstars come into the league, that's, 
yeah, that's that's my fantasy. So I'm super pumped he's in there. Yeah, I I, I did enjoy our conversation though about how like it's so bizarre that someone that athletic could look like that while shooting. Uh, like his three point shot is just the craziest yeah. looking thing I've ever seen. And I don't think he'll shoot 100% on threes going forward. But um, that he even if he could shoot 35% from three, he's just going to be absolutely devastating because he shot 33% in college. Like he's not. He wasn't really seen as that big of an inside-outside threat, but I wonder if... So here's here's a conspiracy theory for you. So he gets hurt, right, in preseason. Do you think he was shooting, like, say, in order to, like, stay in shape, he was shooting because he couldn't really jump, right, knee mm-hmm. injury? So he was shooting that little hoppy jumper, because I never watched anyone in college. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's how he always shot. But that's my new conspiracy theory, that he... Because I, I had a hurt ankle, as you know, and I like to compare myself to professional athletes. Of course. And... When I was playing horse against Nick Rost at our uh, gym meetup with all our kids, I was doing the same thing, kind of shooting this little like one-legged jumper. Destroyed him, by the way. And I wonder if Zion did the same thing. So that's my that's my new theory. If I ever bump into him, I'm going to ask him if that's how it came about. I have heard through other podcasts, it's probably like the Hollinger podcast or something like that. They were talking about how New Orleans has hired like the best shooting coach in basketball. And that's like they're crediting that for having Lonzo made strides in his oh, yeah. in his uh in his jump shot this season and like I that didn't look like this from Zion's cuz the jump shot looks so funky, but they do have this is not like not inside information. I heard this on another podcast. And so um it has to translate something like you know these guys they do have a guy who has corrected people's shots before so anyway awesome debut uh really cool to see we um excited to see what's going to come i'm sure there's gonna be peaks and valleys of this kind of thing going forward people have to probably prepare themselves for that but the nba is nothing if not a world of just wanting to overreact to hot takes as well so awesome that he was able to come out and kind of put a stamp on it early on let's get to a sponsor real quick and then we'll roll through the three games on the nba slate today simply Safe Home Security, simply S-I-M-P-L-I, Safe Home Security, commercial-grade enterprise-level security for your home. You know, this is like the kind of thing that Fortune 500 companies use. I'm sure that those guys probably pay to have someone else put it in for them because they just have bigger bankrolls than than you and I. But if you want to be able to put it in yourself, it's easy. It's all full on stick on stuff. You can really just install it in your home on your own. It covers you for all security measures uh, across the board. I'll get to those in a second. You can have someone come in to... uh, install it for you if you want to, but, you know, we're kind of do-it-yourself people. We've started this business on a sort of do-it-yourself mentality, so I can kind of, I can kind of get behind the do-it-yourself mentality behind the Simply Safe. Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police eyewitness account of the crime. They dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. Uh, you get comprehensive protection for your home, early entry motion, glass break sensors, guard inside. Also, not just the break-in stuff, fires, water damage, carbon monoxide poisoning. It's going to have you covered for all of that. Monitor 24-7 by live security professionals. I haven't met any live security professionals in my life. Um, I kind of, I know this is probably not the case, but I'm picturing something like you would see in a movie, like a SWAT detail kind of person, live security professional. I'm sure that's not the kind of person, but that's what I'm envisioning is monitoring it 24-7. No tools needed or the experts can do it for you. Only 50 cents a day, no contracts. Simplysafe.com slash overtime, like the podcast network we're on. Get free shipping on your order. Plus 60 day money back guarantee. Simply safe, simply safe, S I M P L I safe.com slash overtime to save on home security today. Simply safe.com slash overtime. All right, we got three games in the association tonight, spread out by a 7 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Eastern, then a 10.30 Eastern. Not a ton of injury news and notes, so I don't think we're going to be sitting weighted, bated breath for 
I mean, famous last words on this stuff because Lakers are on a back-to-back. But the uh, I don't see right now a ton of stuff that we're waiting for. But we'll get into you know kind of what we can expect from a DFS standpoint. First game is Washington and Cleveland, so two really bad teams. But the over/under is the highest of the slate at 232. Give me some of your thoughts on this game. We have wanted to target teams against Washington, and it seems like a specifically on a short slate that's where we want to be. And yet we have Cleveland going the other way, and Cleveland's just got kind of its own problems. Yeah, so I think Cle- Cleveland actually has a lot of playable options tonight, uh, including Tristan Thompson, which for my money is potentially the only center play on the slate. <laughs> I don't know. It's like either be- between him and Whiteside. But um, but I really like these guys for one major reason, which is that both Love and Thompson specifically, their prices are reduced based on the sole reason that Cleveland can't stay in games. And, you know, they'll frequently just wind up with 26 minutes because they all just look around at each other down 30 going into the fourth yep. quarter. And I, they're like, I guess we should take our starters out, right? Isn't that what what other teams do? <laughs> so so they take those guys out. But this game has a one-point spread, which is not a situation that Cleveland guys will find themselves in very often. And given the fact that Washington has essentially been, you know, almost historic and that there have been times this season where they have – ranked at the fastest pace with the worst defensive efficiency. Uh, this is a terrible defensive team. And I think for that reason, especially on a really short slate here, you're going to have to play some caps uh, in your lineup. So I really like both Love and Thompson. I think they're cash game staples. And frankly, at the guard position too, I think both Sexton and Garland are playable also. Uh, those guys, even in blowouts, are playing like 35 minutes. So I think there's a lot to pick from on this Cleveland team. Maybe even sprinkle Seti Osman, although I'd say he's the fifth cab for me. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm very high on Cleveland tonight. Yeah, it's pretty. It's hard for Seti to get really much going when he's sharing the court with everybody else. It's kind There's of so many great players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, when you're just staring over at Darius Garland <laughs> and Colin Sexton and Kevin Love, who just like has one it's foot. It's like the Andre Iguodala thing, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> it's one foot out the door. <laughs> exactly. Right, just a compliment player. Yeah, I mean, they got waxed by the Knicks last time out. They each of those Thompson, Sexton, and Garland each played 35 minutes. Love, you know, maybe he's on a shorter minutes leash as they still continue to try to move the contract. I'm not really sure. They're probably trying to thread the needle of show that he's viable slash not really wear him down uh, as they head into the trade deadline. Yeah, and, and I'm not really interested in much off the bench, although Nance did get a lot of those uh, – Nance did get some of those love minutes last time around. I, I, it's going to be interesting because I don't – this would be the only kind of situation where I'd consider playing Cavs in cash. It's a very short slate against the best yep. matchup on the slate. Yep. And I'm just totally with you. Uh, slightly maybe better deals on DraftKings on a couple of these guys like Thompson at 7300 Love has been underpriced on DraftKings, though that price has come up a little bit to 8100 So maybe it's not as crystal clear as in the past. And then you have the Wizards, where we joked about it yesterday on the podcast, but yeah, the only team in the league where starting is worse than coming off the bench, pretty much, if you're a guy that matters for this team. We saw it again against the Heat. Bonga plays 20 minutes. Isaiah Thomas plays 24 minutes. Peyton plays 15 minutes. And then guys that outplayed those guys in terms of minutes off the bench, Bertans, Ish Smith, Jordan McRae. I mean, Troy Brown outplayed <laughs> Gary Payton. I just don't need, and, and even with B, and even like the mainstay with Beal in that overtime game, Beal only is playing 33 minutes in regulation right now. They've really kind of taken the criminal activity they were doing with his minutes early in the season and kind of just dialed it back on the injuries. Is there anything you can trust here in Washington? No, no. I think Beal is the only guy that should see any DFS play tonight. And if you're doing that, you're basically speculating on a potential return of the minutes. Uh, and given the fact that they were willing to leave him out there for 38 minutes against Miami, even though it was overtime, was encouraging to me uh, because, you know, returning from the injury, uh, playing just like 27, 27, 23, and then 33 minutes against Detroit, uh, I was a little worried that we wouldn't see a comeback for him. But the price is down on Beal, right? So uh, it could be that 33 minutes against the Cavs is enough minutes for a guy this talented 
at a $7,500 price tag. So yeah, he's on my like watch list. Um, I can't say I'm super excited about it just because it's Washington, man. But if there is a matchup to play Washington in, it again would be a game where they're in a one-point spread game against another terrible team. So I could, I could definitely see Beal getting some cash game ownership. Sorry. And the case for Beal, especially on FanDuel, is this short shooting guard position is absolutely brutal. Uh, it's, so these are the right. names that you have. Beal is the most expensive FanDuel play at 7,500. So you just start there. Right. Then you get Dinwiddie. Tough to trust him at 60, even 65 with Kyrie Against back. the Lakers with Kyrie yeah. and Levert. And then, and, then, and then, I mean, these are the guys that are, like, relevant. The list after this gets real bad. It's like Jordan McRae, Levert. You get KCP, no thanks. Delon Wright, okay. Um, well, the guy you haven't gone to, I think, is Gary. Tripp. Gary Tripp, but you got to play. Two, but I'm, I guess my point is, you got to play two of them. <laughs> so, like, I'm gonna, we're gonna no, get, we're gonna yeah. get the Trent. So that's why I think, I think you wind up playing, you know, either like Beal, it's Beal, Dinwiddie, and Trent. Those are the three guys for me right now. Um, and Trent, only assuming that CJ McCollum misses, which is, I think he's currently listed as a game time decision. But given that he was really limited in practice yesterday, the early speculation has been uh, that he won't be out there. So. You know, you never know for sure, obviously, but that's that's kind of when I wrote the picks article last night. I was kind of leaning on that, like that, that McCollum would miss on some level because if McCollum plays and he plays limited minutes, all of a sudden you just have to play Beal and Dinwiddie because no one else really feels the position, right? Right. So, yeah, it's brutal. It's a, a um, oh, let's get into this Lakers and Nets game. Lakers right now, there was a no early line on the game, but I think it it did it opened a little bit late at Lakers minus six on the road against the Nets. Lakers are playing on the back to back. Uh, they played the, the, uh, yesterday evening and took care of the Knicks, although it was a little closer than it probably was expected. It was 100 to 92, so they didn't exactly just kind of blow them out of the water. But they stay in New York. They're going to play the Nets here. Give me your thoughts here. I mean, on LeBron, AD, are you worried about AD on the back-to-back? I don't. There's no news right now that they plan on sitting him or anything, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. I, I guess I'm still a little bit worried about the minutes going forward. And then if we're worried about that, does LeBron – I guess we're probably just having a question of LeBron and or Luka probably trying to play them both, although yeah. I think that's going to be tough on DraftKings if there's not that much savings. Give me your thoughts here on the Lakers side, and then we'll get over to the Nets. Yeah, so there's a path to playing LeBron and Luka on FanDuel uh, that involves basically McCollum missing again and getting to run like Simons and Trent and maybe some cheaper Cavs, you know? Like, I think that lineup does exist out there. I was just kind of... And maybe I'm just don't have, understand how these NBA front offices work, but like, you know, with Davis, this is a guy, you know, Glass Joe, who <laughs> he, he either plays 40 minutes a game or zero, and I don't, or he'll just like leave a game early, and so I don't, I don't picture a world where he misses five games, comes back is on a super tight minutes restriction, and then just plays a back to back randomly. Like, doesn't that right. seem bizarre to you? So I know that there's no news yet, but I'm still watching that news very closely. We may or may not get it by the 7 o'clock lock time, although the Lakers have often been pretty good about releasing this kind of news, at least who's starting, who's, who's just sitting for rest purposes. Uh, they've been pretty good about releasing that early. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if he sits, obviously that unlocks a whole bevy of guys on the Lakers. If he plays, I still think James is somewhat playable, though we saw with the, the Knicks game last night. Like, you know, right now LeBron's under 11,000, and he didn't really come close to paying that last night yeah. against a really bad Knicks team in a close game on a full run of minutes, right? So um, if I had to pick between the two, I, I would probably prefer Luka. But again, small forward is one of these positions that's also pretty lousy tonight. And point guard is actually super deep because uh, both the Cavs guys qualify at point guard. And just basically every team going tonight has a good quality point guard option. 
So yeah, it's a it's very tricky to figure out which of these Lakers you can actually run tonight. Yeah, and I, it's really it's not it's it, it, they kind of have a similar not the same exactly but similar issue to Washington in that like Bradley and Green might start but they got completely outplayed in terms of minutes by the bench yesterday. Kuzma played twenty eight, Howard played twenty seven. I, I, that's over Javale uh, and KCP played twenty six. McGee played seventeen, Bradley nineteen, Danny Green nineteen. So you can't really and and I'm not I know that's just one game but we're we're, we're in a constant like with Bradley. Beal, not Beal, cheese Bradley, uh, Green, Rondo, uh, KCP. It's just like 24 minutes or bust, right? And maybe you, you pick the night where they get up to 28, 29, but you can't trust it on a game-to-game -game basis. So at that point, you really are just looking at LeBron and AD. And then if you have AD at 30 minutes, you can't really look there. So I think just from a floor perspective, considering this, how short the slate is, I'm just fine playing LeBron here. If it's between LeBron and Luka on DraftKings, I probably would default Luka. Just because of the sort of the situation that's going on on their team, we'll get to the Dallas in a second. But yeah, that's where I went land. That's where I went land with the Lakers. And then going the other way, the Nets. I, like the Lakers are one of the best defensive teams in basketball. And as a person who runs a Nets podcast, as I may have yeah. or may not mention, we on, got Nets on the podcast. At we got at Nets. We got Nets. One thing we talked. Well, this is one of the matchups I've been waiting for all season, in terms of showing the deficiencies of what the Nets have because... Okay, I was, I was, I was trying to figure out where you were going with this because I was like, because you really want to watch the Nets get blown out or... Well, because <laughs> specifically the build of their team is they're so small. Like, they and uh, DeAndre Jordan's questionable. Nick Claxton, who's like not even huge in his own right, he's a tall guy, but he's not. He's got almost no mass to him at all. He's out or he's Come doubtful. And now they're just left with Jared Allen and like their next biggest guys, like Torreon Prince or Wilson Chandler. This is the state of the size of their team oh, right now. Fine. This is going to be, uh, this line is minus six for the Lakers, and I know they're on the back to back. This could be an absolute bloodbath when it comes to the size that they have, uh, the size advantage that they have if DeAndre doesn't play. DeAndre playing would actually really help. I don't actually don't really like DeAndre from a just kind of. It actually matches up well against. Those this is like the slow, one time big you, tall guys. The exactly. Have. This is actually the one matchup you actually need him, right? Like most of the time, he's just a tree planted in the lane. It's brutal to watch him on defense. But um, this is actually a situation where you actually really, really would love, absolutely love for him to play, even if like the hand was still hurt and he played with a brace. I'd still probably vote for it just to just to have his size in the middle. Um, where do you land on? Is there anyone? But we mentioned Dinwiddie. Is there anyone worth playing uh, on the Brooklyn side? Yeah, so I think there's two guys. I think Kyrie being like sort of a head case here. Um, I think the matchup and like going up against LeBron matters to him. Uh, he's sat in the Philly game. Early returns are that he's going to probably play in this game. And while he hasn't looked quite as explosive in returning from the injury, um, if you look at like the DFS game log, on a per minute basis, he's been pretty damn good. So I think running him out there at 8,700 is totally justifiable, um, especially point guard's kind of funny tonight. So you have Luka all the way on the top end. I'm not sure if you can wind up affording that, but if you can't, then you're sort of picking between Kyrie and Lillard. And Lillard is so much more expensive on FanDuel, or I'm sorry, on DraftKings. He's like 9,900, and I don't know if that's really a playable price tag for him, um, but they're pretty close on FanDuel. So right now, I think you'll wind up with, if you're picking between those two guys, I think you'll wind up with Irving on DraftKings, potentially Lillard on FanDuel where the pricing is a little bit tighter between the two and um and that's about it and then you know we also mentioned Dinwiddie as just one of the very few guys who actually goes onto the floor and plays basketball at the shooting guard position right. on FanDuel so he has to be in consideration there uh, although I'm just waiting for the other shooter drop on his minutes too uh, given how healthy the Nets are getting in the backcourt and then you mentioned Jared Allen too I think he's the sort of the last piece of that puzzle I don't want to touch small forward positions. Now getting pretty crowded with Prince, uh, Joe Harris, and then even Levert, I think, can 
competes for some of those minutes too. So, um, but yeah, the, the Irving Dinwiddie Allen combo, I think you're going to wind up playing at least one of those guys in cash. Yeah. Um, like I said, the last piece you mentioned, Jared Allen, if Deandre and Claxton were to sit, I really do think at that point, I mean, they might bring up, I don't even know if they have Ellenson anymore. I, I, I follow the team, but even this is kind of getting hard to decipher like who's still even on two way contracts for this team. Uh, you might just have to see a forced into it 35 minutes out of Jared Allen because they just don't have anybody mm-hmm. else. So it's probably the only piece of news. And I would never consider it if it wasn't just a three game sleep. But sometimes that's just the kind of stuff you need to look for. We'll get to this last game in a second. Our other sponsor is The Athletic. You've heard us talk about these guys in the past in terms of just at this point, and I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast too, and I kind of thought about it more because I just want to make sure, make sure I was kind of making sense of what I was saying, but paying for content at this point, it feels so weird on the internet because we've had sort of just like, you know, decades of just free stuff and free, really good stuff, by the way. Uh, it's been, that's just kind of been the nature of how the internet's rolled. And but there are certain outfits now that are going the other way and saying our stuff is so, so good that it just is worth paying for. And The Athletic, they, they made... You know, a business decision to do this, and I agree with it. And and by the way, it pays off. The Athletic is absolutely awesome when it comes to sports content. They did a good job of sort of wrangling up all of sort of the influencers or many of the influencers that weren't already with big outfits or kind of just grabbed them away. For basketball, that's guys like Shams, uh, Trania. If you don't follow him, he's like right there in the Woj class of terms of, and it's called, it's are Woj bombs, but Shams is, is right there with him. John Hollinger, who was with ESPN, then was with the Grizzlies, and now is back with The Athletic, doing podcasts and content over there with them. Michael Lee, Zach Harper. These guys, if you don't follow these guys for basketball, you're really missing out. They have some of the best minds uh, around Bobby Clay, or, um, Bobby Clay, uh, and there was one other guy. Oh, Sam Vecini. So this is just an absolute sort of who's who of basketball content, and that's just the basketball stuff. They have NFL with guys like Jake Glazer, Mike Lombardi, MLB stuff. It's really just, it's just awesome content, and it's one of those things, too, where if you pay for it, you're getting the information that just other people aren't, and I think there's a certain level of worthiness, and I know I'm just making that term, term up, but when you pay, sometimes things are free for a reason, and sometimes things are worth paying for. The Athletic is definitely the latter. It's, uh, you get personalized news feeds on your stories, Q&As, all on the app. There's no ads. There's no pop-ups. And they cover every single team in every single market. So there's no, you're not going to miss out if you just are in one of these smaller markets. They have someone for everything plus all the national stuff. Right now, if you are a listener of the podcast, you can get a subscription to The Athletic for 40% off the yearly subscription by going to theathletic.com slash overtime. Theathletic.com slash overtime, like the podcast network we're on. 40% off that yearly subscription. You won't regret it. And you know you're just going to be reading stuff that other people just – aren't going to know. You sound like the smartest. Yeah, I saw a great article uh, coming out of The Athletic the other day about uh, Delonte West and how a lot of people in the NBA are just like trying to help him out yeah. because he's just had this really, really hard situation leaving, but just like a, a super, super interesting piece about a guy who's had a really troubled life and, and the cool things in the NBA that are happening to try to get him back on his feet. So yeah, that's not, the, and in the day, the age of free content, I mean, we run a site with free content and we take it really seriously, but you just know you, you do set, kind of get what you pay for at some level. So uh, I'm right there with you. Yep, athletic.com slash overtime. Go check it out. 40% off that yearly subscription. All right, let's get into the last game. Dallas goes in and plays Portland. The bummer news out of Dallas, obviously, last game was Dwight Powell. Uh, right, you knew it right when you saw it. He oh, he man. is out the three-point line. He goes to take a dribble drive, and the left leg just completely just pops out. People claim mm-hmm. they can see the Achilles rupture from the video. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I do, saw the video, dubious. The shockwave video. Yeah, the shockwave kind of thing. Watch that stuff. Um, he crumbles into a heap, and Dallas and everyone 
everyone else basically knows that's the end of the season for Dwight Powell with the Achilles thing, which I'm not sure if like this is becoming more prevalent in the NBA. I, I, maybe it's more high-profile stuff, but Durant, obviously, with the Achilles, Powell, and there's two other guys. There's another one that I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, Rodney Hood had the Achilles early in the year. I don't know if this is just happening more um, than it's happened in the past, or maybe it's just I'm just more tuned into it, but the Achilles thing is particularly brutal. They lose Powell. They get Boban, comes in off the bench, plays you know typical Boban minutes where he absolutely fills it up for a short period of time. And then I think they started Berea over him, but Berea barely played. What do you make of this Dallas situation without Powell? Do you think we get a Maxi Kleber start? I see people not projecting him to start. They want to keep maybe him still coming in off the bench. But they're starting to maybe run out of some bodies too. And Powell was pretty important for what they did. What are your thoughts here on Dallas? And then we'll get over to Portland. Yeah, I wrote up Kleber uh, just because I mean, he was already playing 31 minutes and he hasn't been very good yeah. <laughs> his price tag recently. Like He's not exactly cheap on FanDuel, but... I think he's still a guy you have to consider because go ahead and click on all teams and then click on power forward and just tell me who the other guys you want to play are. Uh, maybe you wind up with, like like looking at the two, I'd probably just prefer Jared Allen at 900 more than Kleber in cash games, right? And then obviously if Davis sits and Kuzma gets the start, I'd prefer him at the same price tag. So, you know, there's there are other guys to consider here, but I don't think, even if Kleber starts, you don't need to just ram him into your lineup by any stretch. Um, he's a guy who already is just kind of waiting for open looks anyway like he's not going to create his own shot so uh you know maybe Luca just distributes out to him gets him gets him more looks than usual than he would coming in with a second unit but it's not an exciting play by any means um the Boban stuff is fine the thing about him on FanDuel too he's also 5,000 yeah. right so if Boban plays we know that at no stop at any point in his career has anyone wanted to play him more than 20 minutes a game and we know that on a per minute basis this guy could be the greatest of all time. I'm going to turn you to this line, Doug. December 7th against New Orleans, 22 minutes, 15 and 16 with two blocks, yeah. <laughs> 41 fantasy it's points. It's crazy, like, man. Nobody fills it up like Boban, um, but he just can't stay on the court. So uh, I don't know that you want to play pay 5K for him, even if he does get the start. But um, yeah, so Powell, Powell going down, it's a lot of minutes, but you know, on a team where the usage is pretty concentrated, at the top end, I don't know how big a difference it makes. And like you say, you, you want to say to yourself, okay, well, maybe they move Chris Stapps up to the five and they play him there and they go small. It's just Chris Stapps has had problems in the, staying on the court himself. He gets in a lot of foul trouble, especially when they ask him to play more center. And so, and that's not, I mean, it, I, it's going to be hard to imagine him fronting Whiteside for an entire game. So I'm just like not sure. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they paid the guy the max. He missed three weeks. He came back and played 27 minutes against the Clippers. Like, you're not going to pay 8400 for him on FanDuel either. So I just don't know that that. Yeah, I just don't know that that matters for DFS purposes. And, with, and the thing with the way, the, the, the nature of just how Luka Doncic just scores, he gobbled, it's like the Westbrook days. It's like, you can come onto the court for the Thunder. It doesn't mean you're going to do anything, right? Like, it just, <laughs> like, like it just you can get the you can get all the minutes in the world, Victor Oladipo or Terrence Ferguson. I mean, I'm saying Oladipo because Oladipo, you know, suffered through a season of this where he just didn't do anything, right? And like, the, yeah, then, Roberson, then he got to go over yeah. the Pacers and he's like freaking, a freaking all-star. And not to say, I'm not comparing them from like a, I'm not comparing them from you know an attitude standpoint. I'm mostly just saying what happens when you have a guy that literally does every single thing on the court, score, rebound, assist, all of it. They're just not mm-hmm. the other things really aren't available for you to do. And so that's that's <laughs> sort of the that's sort of the problem from a fantasy perspective for the yeah. Dallas. They're an awesome team, so it's working for them as a team. Just from, strictly from a fantasy perspective, there's only so much to go around after Luca's done doing all the things that he's going to do. So I, I do think there's probably a few extra shots here, I, and then some of the DraftKings prices on guys like Hardaway. Are, are interesting. Kleber 4,900 on DraftKings. I could probably talk myself into it. 
I don't know if we're going to have a confirmed starting lineup. I'm also not sure it really matters. Like, if it's one of these guys like Berea and he's starting, I'm not going to give Berea 30 minutes if he's starting no. in this team. It's just not how Dallas operates, right? This would be starting in place of Powell, too. No well, I, I'm not saying in place of Powell, but I'm saying that they're so fluid that they can shift. They can shift everything up, right? They can just shift, shift presenting us up to the five. I'm, I'm only saying it is that this is a team we're starting for them doesn't always. I'm using this as an example sure. to say starting for them in certain situations, depending on the players, doesn't always just translate into you just playing a ton either. That, that's mostly my point, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I don't believe he'd start for Pal. I do, but I do believe that Dallas is the kind of team that plays matchups as much as anybody else. And I'm not sure it would really matter even if I heard the words whoever it's going to be that they're going to be starting because they are going to probably have to get a little creative here because they do have size going against them in terms of whites at it. And I think Doncic is just very close to a must play in cash. Um, okay. And I guess we could have it. We already talked about LeBron, but I, I, like I said before, I would, I would just default Doncic here and just kind of and see, yeah, I'd rather have Luca and see what I'm left with and see what I'm left with the rest of the lineup. I think I like with the idea that maybe there is some more value at point guard, like we said, because there is Dame. Give me your thoughts here on the Portland side, going the other way. CJ doubtful, is that or excuse me, CJ questionable right now? Is that enough to be worried about some of the value on the Portland side? He hasn't missed that many games. So I don't know if, if they felt like he was able to play. Sometimes I'm of the mind that without news and it's been a short injury, guys just go back out there and play their minutes because it means they're healthy. You know what I mean? So like I'm, I know you kind of have sometimes a differing opinion on stuff like that. I'm more aggressive when it comes to if it's been a short stint on the injury side, I'm more comfortable just going back to write what you were doing three games ago. But I know you kind of have sometimes have differing opinions about that. Well, you're never going to play CJ tonight. I, I don't think you're going to play uh, him. What I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that I, I'm sorry, I, you're not going to play him. What I'm saying is, it, does it kill? Does it make the other value too questionable? Like, does it make Damian Lillard's usage bump too questionable? Gary Trent's minutes too questionable? That's mostly what I'm saying. Sure, and you know, Simon's I think another yeah, Simon's, pretty obvious right. beneficiary. Um, I think Simon's. So we can work through it for a second. Yes. Yeah. So if he comes back. The cascading effect on guys like Simons and Trent is going to be pretty severe. You're going to see Simons go back down to you know high 20s minutes, maybe low 20s minutes, and you're going to see Trent essentially disappear off the face of the earth. And those two guys, they're already like not the most productive guys on a per minute basis. So you're screwed basically if McCollum comes back and uh, and those guys get bumped down. So you'll definitely want some more definitive news before running those guys. The issue with not running the cheap Trailblazers tonight is that it's just going to be super difficult to pay. For all your fancy things, Doug, you know, like you can't just have it all. You got to you got to be the one who looks at the books, gets responsible, you know, and Simons and Trent are currently the guys that make the rest of that stuff possible because, you know, you've heard some of the names we've rolled off so far. Um, if you go ahead and X out Simons and Trent, like you're not going to get Luca and LeBron lineups showing up anywhere. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, that, that's basically the big issue. It's uh, it's definitely a dicey situation and it's not even really like. Those guys are incredible plays. Even if McCollum misses, they're just like fine. So, yeah, it's a it's a tricky situation. But yeah, I'm gonna want definitive news before just going whole hog on running those cheap trailblazer guys. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that I I do think there's probably a way that you can get there. It would mean playing someone like Larry Nance at power forward and just hoping he gets up to 25 minutes, something like that, like Kleber and Nance. And this is what I'm saying: if you don't have the news, because like you could run something like Luca Garland. Beal, Dinwiddie, James, DFS, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Kleber, Nance, Tristan Thompson. It wouldn't feel amazing, but if you really felt like, because again, it's so crazy about how much McCollum matters here. You would never think that the case. But so I'd rather go, I'd rather go cheap on someone like Dorian Finney-Smith. I think like I think he's another really interesting option with Powell being out. Yeah. 
played a ton of minutes after Powell went down against the Clippers. He's actually, I didn't write him up, but he, he actually might be a safer version of like the Gary Trent type of play anyway yeah. at a tough position at small forward too. So yeah, I guess, I guess you read it. There probably, there probably is a path. And maybe you have to pair uh, Doncic with one of those cheap Cleveland point guards too. Like if you can run Darius Garland at 4,700, he's um, that's just a, a fine option playing 35 minutes against a bad Wizards team, right? So yeah, I, I suppose you're right. Maybe maybe those guys are unnecessary risk right now. It, it's close. It's close for me. I still think I, still, I think I'd rather have him. I'd rather just know CJ was out. Maybe we find something out around shoot around, and then we're kind of uh, not having to put it. Uh, we're not right. having to make any of those decisions. Okay, three games, buddy. We did it. Um, do you want to talk about what you're doing this weekend? Uh, you got a big weekend plan for you right now. Heck yeah, dude. You want to uh, you want to go. let the listeners know? That I think that. Yeah, just let the listeners know what you're doing this weekend. We can just talk real quick um, about kind of what it means for for you and kind of your life going forward. <laughs> Does it mean something? For it me could, right? Going forward? Isn't there like isn't there like a good isn't can't? Oh, I mean, if if I get super lucky, yeah, it's a it's a magic tournament. There you go, Magic the Gathering. Not casting spells in real life because that's impossible. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a strategy card game invented in the early '90s. I don't know how much overlap there is between our DFS podcast and. The world of magic. I'm part of both Twitter communities, and I don't see a lot of the same names. But, but I suppose if you're out there and you are this perfect overlapped person of people that uh, play DFS and like magic, you can always email me james at dfsr.com. We can talk about uh, the most recent set that just came out, strategies going forward uh, for the big tournament this weekend. So we can go from there. But but for the most part, these worlds don't collide. I will say that when I played poker, there was a huge overlap between. Uh, professional poker players and professional magic players, but I want to say, so, well, I want to say something about magic here because I have a, I have, a, I have a point to make about magic here. I don't play magic at oh, all. Great. I kind of, I'm so curious to know what your point is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have, well, I have a thought here. So, um, I don't play magic, but I hear about magic every once in a while from you, and then I'll, you know, joke mm-hmm. that I know what I'm talking about because I'll look up the names of the cards and say that's my strategy and use like these crazy sure. names like you know nettle of leaves and like you know you know berserker <laughs> or whatever these names are um, of the names <laughs> of the cards and like that's I have fun with that. I will say. From a strategy perspective, you want people like James that do this stuff to be on your side when it comes to giving you advice about other things. Because I tried to learn magic and it was so freaking impossible. I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't. I couldn't like figure out the rules. Um, I'm sure if I sat down and really tried, I'd probably be able to do it. But um, you want people that. I get people, you know, feel, oh, magic, it's for nerds, whatever. Dude, you want nerds on your side. Like, right. like, I, like oh, good. You want, okay, here's what, nerds have inherited the earth. If you haven't figured that out from, like, what people have been doing and stuff and think about stuff, yeah, like, true. nerds have figured it all out, and you want to listen to nerds talk about stuff because nerds spend way more time thinking about stuff than you do. That's why they're nerds. So, um, I... Well, so I will say one one interesting thing, and I appreciate the, uh, the kind of compliment there. That's nice. The thing about magic and the reason i stay busy like usually getting up to some other thing besides my main work thing and i used to find this when i played poker too is that a lot of times things seem sort of unrelated to one another and you're like oh i'm quote unquote wasting my time but when you try to develop mastery in something outside of your chosen field what you wind up finding is that the specific areas of emphasis of one field wind up being not quite as important in other fields but they wind up like illuminating things that you might not have other realized, right? And I think, I mean, poker and DFS have a, a more obvious correlation because you gamble on both of them. But I actually think things like magic, chess is another thing I got really into uh, for a while. Like all, oftentimes, like the most important thing from those concepts or from those activities winds up being like a relevant thing that gives you a real edge in your other places too. If you're trying to look for, you know, synergies and, and ways things kind of combine and fit together, um, then you will find them. So yeah, I highly suggest for people out there like, DFS is your main thing. 
it doesn't hurt to pick up another hobby on the side and like try to learn about other stuff. I don't know. So yeah, I, I, I'd like to go wide, you know, in my, in my interests, not just be all about one thing. So yep, it's why they, it's, that, thanks for bringing it up. I didn't realize you were going to I thought this was mostly going to be a segment about making fun of me and it actually wound up being a good life lesson for our listeners. Hopefully. Yeah, and for you too. I'm sure you learned something from it as well. Okay. We're going to get out of here. I got kids. Let's just hope I open a dream trawler. I got, I got, I got kids I'm absolutely murdering off. themselves in the background. You can probably hear this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids just, I don't know what they're doing here in the background, but they, it sounds like they're committing murder against each other. Let's hope not once we get out there. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started on our premium subscription. That's going to be optimal lineups, FanDuel and DraftKings, NBA, NHL, MLB when it comes around. Uh, you'll have Super Bowl stuff up there as well. We will have a Super Bowl podcast up on our on our NFL feed going into next week. So go check that out. We'll be breaking down a ton of player props. James, myself, and Chris Dorrell. Uh, so you can go check that out on the NFL. Uh, and then, like I said, dfsr.com slash deals will get you started on our premium stuff. It's free for seven days and then just $29.95 a month after that. Buddy, I'll hold down the basketball fort for you while you take down those wizards and orcs and whatever else you're going to kill this weekend. Good luck to you. <laughs> Peace.